wherever I might be, but we're part of a larger community of faith. And two, to give them a feel that the church that they know is not limited to the one parish they grew up in. And so every parish has its own personality, its own style, its own dynamic, if you will. No two parishes are the same because of the people and the relationships of people within those parishes. We express ourselves differently. We, we, we pray differently. We, we have a sense of being with each other or not being with each other, depending on the parish. And this is really, really important for students to see and to experience. And of course, we're in Los Angeles this one particular year, uh, one, one of the places, and I'm looking for a local parish. So right down the street is this parish called St. Bridget's. So we go over to St. Bridget's in Los Angeles, and it's a really an amazing place. Because first of all, it's not an old classic church that you would go like, wow, this is really beautiful, the Gothic type. Nor is it a really modern, spanking new, really ritzy kind of parish, not that either. It's sort of a, a worn down parish. Uh, uh, cracks in the walls there, water stains in the wall. Clearly their budget isn't, you know, they're just keeping things together. But the parish itself, the people in the parish were amazing. First thing you notice, well, I noticed right away, is that besides the altar cloth as white as it is, I was the next whitest thing in the building. It was founded as an African-American parish by the Josephites. And it was very much, for all these years, aimed at and, and meeting the needs of the local African-American community in that part of Los Angeles. Well, another group comes in too, and that is the Latinos, and they come in, and there's an interesting fusion of the community. You have the African-Americans who have been there for a long time, then you have this, this Hispanic influences. Kids everywhere. But the thing is, when you go to a church, and there's 15 college students, and early March, and it's not a holiday, the first thing that they notice, like, whoa, who is that group? And two, we don't get visitors in this part of LA. We're not at the beach and we're not downtown. Who are you and why would you come to our church? Well, that's sort of more of a suburban kind of look at it. For their attitude, like, wow, visitors. Well, we want to tell you all about our parish. On and on and on, the old usher comes up and yeah, tell us about the old days kind of thing and other people and people all came up. I mean, the whole parish, it was a, bigger than this place too. It's much bigger than this church. We're just coming up. And the dynamic between people was amazing to me. It's just a regular blue collar. They flip burgers at Burger King. They drive buses and cabs. They drive the trains. They clean up people's uh, Bel Air mansions with their yards. They're just blue collar folks, ordinary people. And it was a delightful, the parish priest was from Africa. And he was delightful. Afterwards, he was a typical priest. He said, I didn't know you were a priest. I would have had you do the Mass. I said, oh, no. I just want to just soak it all in. The point is, it was a vibrant parish, not because of its building, but because of its people. And I bring this up because one of the parishioners who grew up in this parish, the single mom and a speech disorder, stuttering, was none other than Amanda uh, 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 Amanda, who gave the um, uh, Gorman, who gave the inaugural 
poem. And when I listened to that poem and heard it again and again and again, I was amazed. Where does a 22-year-old get that depth of vision to put those kinds of words? Now, granted, she is intellectually really bright. She's smart. But that told me something else. She had been shaped by elders. She had been shaped by a community. And indeed, that parish was filled with a lot of single parents and a lot of children. And there was a sense, as we all know, that the communities we find ourselves, in fact, impact us. Yes, we have our parents. Yes, we have our immediate family. But the world in which we are part of also has a profound effect of shaping our worldview and our understanding of good and evil and our sense of God. She fits that parish. And one of the interesting things that I appreciated in the poem, and you got to read it, you really need to read it, is that she was very Catholic in her approach. She did not look at the world in a binary. It's all good or it's all bad. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Nor was her notion of hope a kind of fantasy. Oh, uh, don't tell me bad things. It's all going to be good. The Catholic worldview has both the broken and the hopeful right with each other. It's called Paschal Mystery. There is a dying and a rising. There's a despairing and there is hope. This is the Catholic worldview. And she spoke about it. Not in terms, as she said, our country, for example, is not about being broken. It is yet to be completed. Very Catholic notion of the idea of reality, of broken and sin, and the hope of a direction. And I was really struck as she talked about this idea of might and right and mercy and love is the legacy, the talk of Jesus. Today's readings, we have Jesus calling the first disciples to follow him. On one level, why would he need disciples to follow him? He's just going to come. The kingdom of God is here. Believe it. That's it. Go home now. I just told you the kingdom of God is here. But the vital nature of proclaiming the kingdom of God is to enflesh it in the reality of our own humanity. And Jesus creates a community of disciples who come to know his message, who come to wrestle with his message, who come to live his message and incorporate his message into their lives so that they in turn can share it with the world. If we do not pull into ourselves the values we hold and flesh them out in the reality of life, they will soon be lost. The words that Amanda Gorman used at the end of her poem are very much the same words that we speak about in terms of our faith. And she talks about this. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. And Jesus walks along the shore, 
and sees fishermen. And he says to them, come follow me. See the light, be the light, be part of who I am. Come follow me. Brothers and sisters, that call was not a past call to the first disciples. It is still the call for each and every one of us.